Welcome to the Lives of Courage podcast with me, Jessica Stong. Each week, we'll look at ways to choose courage every day, as I know even the smallest acts of courage matter. Through inspiration and action, we can grow into who we are truly meant to be. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Christina, look at us. Thank you for being here, Christina. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. Uh, All things self-care, right? This is such a big topic. We have other things we want to talk about. So just wait, sweet listeners. There's more, right? Much more. There will be more (laughs) on the Christina and Jessica show. (laughs) (laughs) I love that I just threw you in it fine. I can do it. I'm so, so we have been talking about oftentimes moms, women have this idea of, of the belief that we don't have enough time for self-care, that self-care is frivolous or luxurious, that we don't have the option for that. So I just wanted to be able to speak to you about what self-care means to Mm -hmm. you, what it looks like, why it's important. Um, And then I have probably roughly a thousand questions that flow from that one question. No problem. (laughs) Um, So I don't remember the date exactly, but a a previous guest on your podcast, Erin Bartell, wrote an article for Wichita Mom about what self-care could look like. And she really broke down the myth that self-care needed to be this $400 extravaganza day at the spa. And she listed all of these things that she did to take care of herself that made her able then to take care of her family. And she listed things like going to the doctor, um, going to bed 30 minutes earlier. Um, But they were things that I had thought of self-care as like, doing things I didn't like. Like, I don't like to have my nails done. I don't like to have massages. I don't like people to touch me. So those were things that I was like, well, I can't participate in self-care. And then when she said that, it got me thinking, self-care can be reminding myself that I need to drink water throughout the day. Um, so I think we can, we can take the myth down to self-care can be other things. It can be closing the door and going to the bathroom by yourself and not letting your kids come in. Um, It can be 30 minutes soaking in the bathtub after their bedtime, if that makes you feel good. Um, So I think self-care just needs, we can broaden it out. It's really what it means is taking care of yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean treating yourself. It means taking care of yourself. Oh my gosh. Well, and as you're saying that, it reminds me that we have this all or nothing thinking when it comes to self-care almost. Mm -hmm. Like it needs to be grandiose or expensive or something that we go outside of our house to do. Mm -hmm. And really, there's so much middle ground in what taking care of you looks like. Yes. I've never even thought of it that way, that we've distorted the idea of, of taking care of ourselves. Now I, my kids are old, so I, we didn't have the word self-care. I don't think we were using that in our vocabulary, but right after, like my oldest is 22 and right after he was born, somebody said to me, make it a priority to take a shower every day. 
It doesn't have to be at the same time, but make it a priority. And I didn't realize at the time that I had not, I had not been given that advice. I probably wouldn't have made that a priority. Yes. And because I had received that advice and it really made sense to me at the time I did that. And so for me, looking back, I know that was a way that as a young mom, I was taking care of myself is because I knew that I could leave the house at a second's notice, that I was ready to go, that I was never going to be embarrassed or you know, again, 22 years ago was not the time of yoga pants and messy buns. Like that was not okay. <laughs> 22 years ago, it just oh, wasn't. Trip. I'm so glad it is now. I'm so yeah. thankful it is now. Um, but so all of these ways, and and maybe people are doing some of these things and we're not telling ourselves that it's part of how we're taking care of ourselves. So we're missing an opportunity. We are. We're And we're saying, or it's not enough. Right. It's never enough. So I wonder, it's fascinating when we think about like having the time to make ourselves a priority, having the time, the space, Mm -hmm. because as we talk about doing these small things, oftentimes our thoughts about taking care of others, our family, our house, taking care of our job, our employees, those override our, our our decisions. Right. About, so how do we do this? How do we find time for all of this? What does it look like? Well, I think about it, and this may make sense to some people, it may not, but that you can't pour from an empty cup. So you have to make sure your cup is full or you have nothing else to give. If you are exhausted by noon, and we all have those days where we are, and then you spend until 5.30, you know, being short or not being productive at work or then you're not giving. You think you are. You've, you've made the time to be at work or to be with your kids or, or whatever it is that you were doing that afternoon, but you're not really present because you're exhausted because you didn't take care of yourself on the front end. So if you want to be able to give and it's a priority to give throughout the day to other people, you have to make sure you have it to give in the morning. Oh, that is, well, and I think about that as someone who has lived with a a chronic illness, right? And it's the spoons theory. Have you heard of this? The spoon theory? It's fascinating. Someone was telling me about this. I was like, mind blown. That you get five spoons a day of, of, that symbolize energy, like the energy resources you have. And if you use them all at once, the rest of the day, you don't have any other, anything left to give. No, you have no more spoons. You have no more. And so I think about it um, as it relates to, to both of our experiences. We had the illness that shall not be named. Yes, we did. <laughs> and you went through it first. And but can How we just what? pause and say here that I did not give it to you? <laughs> I did have it first, but I in no way was related. We that is such a good distinction. I'm so thankful you said that. <laughs> we only got to see each other over the interwebs. Yes. Sadly. Um, but I love that. But here's the deal: there's a lot of drama that goes on in your head when you're mm. sick. Maybe not for you, but there was a little. Oh, no, no. And I, I actually just was talking to somebody who's um, 
daughter is recovering. And I had said, you know, just leave your ringer on and tell her she can call you at two o'clock in the morning when those, you know, when she's having that moment, because she's going to, that's, it, it does. It's so, there's so much going on in your head. And it, for me anyway, it was two o'clock in the morning was about when it all caught up with me. I have been telling everybody that, that it was the, it was the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. And it, I would feel worse. It wasn't mm -hmm. just the mental aspect of the fear mm -hmm. that would visit me. It was the physical as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. We don't really know. No. What it, we don't know how long it takes to recover. We don't know a lot. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I still have that sense of anxiety. Like, we don't know if it's going to be like, there'll be a shingles or something, right? That we don't even know until five years from now that there's this latent something just waiting. Yeah. And so that sneaks up on me sometimes in the middle of the night as well. Some, some of us have glandular fever. I'm kidding, but it's <laughs> fascinating because we don't know. And here's what happens. How do you take time to, to rest and to heal? Mm -hmm. How do you take time for self-care when you are fighting being sick, when you're fighting the experience of like, I've got to be better. I don't have time for this. Well, I, maybe you did a better job than I did. I did not do what I should have done initially. And I think that's part of why it took me so long to get better because I had, well, I still have problems, but that's a, that's another story. Um, I didn't, I, I kept thinking, oh, I had to be better by now. This is day seven or day eight or day 10. I should be better by now. I didn't want to let any of my clients down. And I continued to work while I was sick. And it wasn't until I just could not get better and had to take several days yes. of, of truly just trying to sleep um, that I started to see an improvement. So yeah. I, I put it off like I was somehow it was just mind of the matter. And that's not really the case when you're sick. Oh, and I am so thankful you brought that up and we didn't plan that ahead of time. <laughs> and also both Christina and I's work, our work is virtual. So I, so again, we are able to like try to force ourselves to work when we're sick because we're not interact, like we're not seeing people in person, right? Right. It was fine. I could type in bed, right? All I had to do was prop myself up. You know, during COVID, I bought one of those pillows, although I'm it is very jealous of your pillow, a true delight. <laughs> it is not just, it is a real self-care item that was under $20. I, I, I'm sad that I didn't think about it. That was so well, idea. Christmas is coming up, Christina. <laughs> just wait. But it was so fascinating because I have the belief in mind over matter. Like, I was like, I'm going to will myself to be better. Mm -hmm. I, I am not going to take time for this. But, but working with our bodies to say, like, okay, I respect what my body is trying to fight off. Mm -hmm. My body is doing its job, and I need to manage my mind to support my body's mm -hmm. work. And that was hard for me. But I didn't make that switch initially. It took me a little bit. 
but you did it, sweet friend. <laughs> you did it. Oh, I've been telling you. It was, but it is, it is allowing yourself the space to like have grace for yourself. Mm-hmm. When you're trying so hard, you know, I often say, meet you on, meet yourself on the bounce. Like Mm -hmm. first couple of days, you might not, but you figured it out. And eventually got to a place where I wasn't, where I was able to do what I needed to do and didn't push myself beyond that. (gasps) But I know people who say, oh my gosh, you know, I thought I'd just work while I, while I was sick and I sent emails to all the wrong people. I, you know, I said something I shouldn't have said I'm repairing. So there is that we do have to just kind of pull back when we get sick. It's hard if you're a mom and your primary, you know, you're the, the one who does the things around the house or more, maybe more. Um, I'm lucky again that I had older kids and I still think that maybe they're, dinners were not done like the way I would have done them (laughs) while I was in isolation. Um, But it's okay. I mean, I had to, I had to reclaim my kitchen when I got better, but I did eventually have to just step back. I I was in isolation, so I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. And moms, we just have to, we just have to, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it's incredible. I often go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that kind of an illness is going to push you to where you cannot do it all. You just That's can't. It. That is it for some people. Mm-hmm. And I always say, like, I got that. I got the crash course on this when I was having my, like, the first MS flare, right? Yeah. And I couldn't do anything, and I was sidelined, and the only thing I could do was take care of myself so that I could then get better to take care of the rest of the world. Right. So I was like, ah, I'm that's gonna... what you did. You ultimately had to get better because you can't pour from an empty cup. Oh, so good. I love that because it's so true. Yeah. So how are, how are, how are the people at home at home? I love that. I say at home or in the car or on the airplane, thinking about that. And then how do we also, what I heard, I had talked about doing this recording with you and asked if people had questions. Mm-hmm. You're like, how do I get over the guilt? I feel lazy when I take time for myself. Mm-hmm. So can you speak more to that, sweet friend? I can try. Um, I think there is a myth that we always want to be producing more or we always want to be doing more. There's always something else that we can be giving and we will wear ourselves out. Like there's, I should always be doing more for my family. And, and, and you can put yourself in a position to every evening as you're evaluating your day, you'd be thinking that, you know, finding the, the holes or the places where I could have done that or I could have done more or I could be more involved in the PTO or I could be more involved in a cause that I, you know, we have that, that's a myth, that's not true. There's a finite amount of time that we have. And sometimes when we do things that we think are wasting time, like maybe we had a conversation with somebody that wasn't planned on the schedule or um, gosh, we, we zoned out and daydreamed for half an hour. Those are signals that our body is giving us that tells us it's time to tap out for a little bit. 
And if we take those moments of rest, we come back renewed. So if you feel like you need to be producing more, you need to be doing more, you have to take those times. And those are like little recharge times so that you come back and you are able to do more. You are able to produce more. And probably guilt is, I mean, like, I know I am guilt. I feel guilty sometimes too, but I don't know that that's always the most productive emotion that I could use that sometimes I need to step back and say, you know, I'm not going to feel guilty about this. I am going to take 30 minutes and read this book because then I'm going to come back at my work and my clients and my family, and I'm going to take better care of them in 30 minutes. It's worth it yes. to invest yes. now for the long-term result. Absolutely. And you will be more productive. Those white spaces and margins in the calendar do make you more productive. Oh my goodness. And we've talked about this and we're going to republish the blog post associated with this on Brain Breaks. Oh, okay. So how we create space uh-huh. for recharging. Because what we what we know is if we are making decisions and, and using our prefrontal cortex over and over and over again, you're going to, you, it's cognitive fatigue, decision, you're going to exhaust your brain yeah. and yeah. your body, right? Like it's both. Mm -hmm. And so how do we create space, Christina, for small breaks? What do those look like? And what, what do we yeah, do? But they don't take a long time, right? 15 to 20 minutes is not a long time. And well, and I can say that because I very regularly fall down the rabbit hole of, I'm just going to scroll through Instagram for five minutes and look up and it's been 35 minutes. So really I, I can find those 15 to 20 minutes um, and check out of what I'm doing and do something else. Um, physical activity is a really good one. If you can get outside and take a walk. And again, you're not talking about putting in the miles or having to drive to a destination, you can walk around your block. But the, the change in the air, the change in temperature from where you were sitting inside or doing something inside is really important you can do. There's all kinds of yoga um, videos online or if you're good at that already, you know, and you can lead yourself through something. Yes. Timer is my friend. I have realized after I started working from home that the timer on my watch is like one of my best tools yeah, so amazing. that I can yeah. do that. And then 15 minutes later, then I can come back to my chair at the desk and the computer and it's a whole different ballgame. Today, I did something where I broke up my schedule funny. I had some client work that I needed to get on. Yes. And I took a walk this morning and then came back and immediately sat down and then I used taking a shower and I blow dried my hair today um, <laughs> as a 30 minute break. And then I came back and then worked um, and finished up that client project. That is it because it's building it into what you already do. Yeah. And so I wasn't easy. trying to add anything else. I just rearranged it so that I was able to use that time in the shower as a break. And come on, everybody gets good ideas in the shower. Uh, amen. I mean, we're brilliant. When yes, it comes to universal, <laughs> it is. I say, like, I need a pad of paper, like a waterproof paper in there because it's it's incredible to me. And then I forget it by the time <laughs> it's gone, Christina. You don't forget it, but I'm like, well, there it went. 
Well, yeah. but sometimes I'm making a beeline for paper. Like I'm in a robe with my hair in a towel and I'm like, nobody talk to me. I have to write this down. How <laughs> to get this. I love, but it's, it's, it's understanding the way your brain works and what you need mm -hmm. to be able to prioritize mm -hmm. you. So often we have created stories that we need to run ourselves into the ground. It's that martyr. Mm -hmm. syndrome as I call it that that says that like this is how you look like a good mom a good business right. owner a good employee you run yourself ragged and there is that there was kind of a social media movement right about we were going to keep it real and so we were posting the messy pictures and then if somebody wasn't messy, wasn't tired, wasn't yelling, wasn't like their house was picked up or something. There was shame for them. And really there's just a spectrum of ways that we do it and ways that we prioritize and what we prioritize. Um, and so that isn't so much about dealing with guilt, but you know, we need to get off of the, the judging. Like one yeah. side isn't real and the other side fake. People just some days look different than others. It's still real. You know, if you came in and saw my kitchen right now is actually picked up, that's real life. It's picked up, but, um, you know, it's just as real that in two hours, it won't be. Exactly. That's so good. Well, and like part of my self-care is having help. Yes. <laughs> because I can't, it's part of what I build into my, like why I make money, why I do the things I do so that I can get the support I need to also, like that's self-care for me. Yes, right. But it doesn't always get listed as self-care. No. It but doesn't. it totally is. Yes. And so how do we open our minds up to like, this is self-care, this isn't, you know, we're going to redefine it. Uh -huh. be we have anything. to. And then hopefully people will find that some of the things that they're already doing can be repurposed as self-care. That's it. That is golden. And, and just if, if you can do something and, and like it makes you feel good, if it right. makes you feel better inside, you hold on to that. You take, create space for it. Sometimes self-care yeah. is taking three breaths in the yeah. middle of the day. Like it is allowing your brain to rest, to a break. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So are, are we missing anything? I like, I think that, you know, people call self-care, soul care. They mm -hmm. call it like prior, like making yourself prior. What, what are we missing? Do you think in this conversation? Forgetting anything? Oh, probably. I mean, a ton, I'm sure, right? <laughs> but I just wanted to get at that we can create the thoughts and emotions that we need to take action on, on yeah. making space for us. And you being able to say if guilt was a feeling that you were having and that you didn't want to have it anymore, I think there's a way to reframe your thoughts around this. Like. I'm Yes, go. You, yeah. don't, you don't want to feel guilty. Nobody wants to feel guilty, but it doesn't, if you look at self-care and you reframe self-care as things, it doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to require, you know, like a reorganizing of multiple people's schedules for you to get that, that you can find moments throughout the day to take a brain break, to, to take some time by yourself, 
to make sure that you're eating vegetables so that you don't feel miserable at the end of the day, let you know, so that we can do these things and label them as self-care. You shouldn't feel guilty about that. That is a good example for your kids. And if you can reframe it and tell yourself that I'm being a good example, or I'm making sure that I have enough to give to whatever I have scheduled for seven o'clock tonight, like those are different thoughts to have instead of that, that may make you feel would drive a different emotion, right? It wouldn't yes. be a guilty emotion. That's so good. Like I, I, I have from somebody who's really smart. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep talking. No, but what I even have to really sometimes remind myself, like I'm doing this so I can be the mm -hmm. best mm -hmm. me that I can to give to others. Because mm -hmm. I, I cannot give pour from an empty cup. I cannot give, I almost said, I cannot give an empty cup. Well, that too. <laughs> too good. Um, and you could teach someone how to fill it, but um, it's just about reframing, right? I love that so much. But then you're not asking anyone to reprioritize with, with what you just said, with the priorities are still there. My kids, my family, my house, my job, those priorities haven't had to change. I haven't elevated myself in some way that doesn't make sense with my values. What I have done is said, in order to do these things, in order to have these priorities, I have to do X first. <gasps> Mic drop. I often, as mothers, we use our kids. We love to blame others. <laughs> I'm so good at this. Like I can't take time for myself because there's children around yeah. or my husband doesn't do anything. Uh -huh you can take five minutes while they're sitting and watching a YouTube show uh -huh. on fishing. I don't know. I'm just speaking maybe from experience <laughs> and like sit in child's pose or sit in yeah. Shavasana uh -huh. and allow yourself just to breathe uh -huh. or they can even do yoga with you. Yes. We, our brains love to find reasons to stop us from mm -hmm. changing from taking action. And we're like, that's, that stops now. Yes. We just listed numerous ways. And it's also being so kind to yourself in the process. Mm -hmm. like, I can do this. I matter. Yes. I am so excited. Okay. So Christina, yeah. if people want to learn more about you, <laughs> came up with this. You are a fantastic, can I just say this? A fantastic copywriter, copy editor, all the things. Yes. I that knew that was my new quarantine project and it's been exciting. It is so exciting. I would not be where I am without you, Christina. Oh. I'm so grateful to you. you. Well, you know that works both ways then. <laughs> But serious, your your brain, you, you have created a business for yourself that allows for you to be a whole person. And that really was one of, I mean, that was the reason why. The ultimate end was the business getting started, but it was because I wanted my days to look a certain way and this is what fits into it. Um, and I'm thankful that I'm I'm a writer because <laughs> that just really just all fits together so well. Just wait, there's more. 
I'm so excited. Well, Christine, I have, I have about 17 other podcasts for her to record with me. Hooray! So just wait. <laughs> oh, Christine, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been this, so much fun. This is so fun. Okay. Well, I'm going to hit, hit end, but I'll, I'll talk to you after this. Okay. And as always, I want to remind you, if you want more information about how to work with me, if you really um, have heard anything on this episode that you're like, wait a minute, you can go to jessicastong.com. You can learn more information about the Courageous Life Society, a group coaching membership that really helps you take all this information and apply it. And also you can get more information about one-on-one -on -one coaching. Thank you so much and have a great and courageous week, everyone.